0: Welcome to A Frugal Athlete Podcast, where we interview athletes, both current and former, on the prudent financial practices and smart career decisions they are making. In these episodes, we dive into what it means to be a frugal athlete. You might think that frugal just means being cheap, but as you will soon learn, being frugal is more complex than that. I'm your host, Amobi Akugo. Hey, what's up, Matt? Uh, thank you so much for taking time to join the podcast. Uh, really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, how are you doing today?
1: I'm good, man. Thanks for having me.
0: Nah, so uh, you've been someone I follow for some quite some time. Uh, can you give the audience some context, you know, to your story, your background, how you got to where you are today?
1: Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, a former pro athlete, I played five years in the minor leagues with the San Francisco giants. Now I'm a social producer at uninterrupted here in LA. Uh, but how I kind of got there was, uh, I guess my journey started all the way back in Maine. I grew up in Portland, Maine, Um, was, uh, you know, a a good player, but Maine baseball, obviously it's cold. So you don't get to play all year round. So I ended up moving down to Florida, my senior year of high school, um, ended up getting in front of a a few scouts because not many scouts are going up to Maine to scout players. So, uh, that was a huge opportunity for me. I got drafted out of high school by the Astros. I ended up not signing went to Boston college instead um, and ended up getting hurt when I was there. And then had a couple uh, below average years, my junior and senior years, which are like your most important years for getting drafted. Mm-hmm. Um, so a catcher with a knee surgery, not a great investment, <laughs> uh, but I signed as a free agent with the giants uh, and while I was playing, I started a YouTube channel called homeless minor leaguer. And the name for that came from my friend who, uh, at the time was a columnist for the Boston Herald. Now he's with the athletics, Steve Buckley. Um, he, we would be sitting down, like I would be couch surfing at his place in Boston and he would be writing his column. And in the morning when we'd go and get coffee, um, and I'd be like, well, what am I gonna do? I'm just sitting here like an idiot. <laughs> so I started writing, I started a blog and he had always joked around, he covered minor league baseball back in the day. He always joked around like, oh, you're just a homeless minor leaguer. So that was, all I did was put the dot .com at the end of it. Um, but I ended up transitioning into video. It just felt like a better fit for me. And then I started to gain more traction doing sketch comedy. Uh, so I just completely stopped blogging. Uh, and just transitioned into video. But uh, that was kind of like how I I knew what I wanted to do next after like when baseball was over
0: Mm
1: -hmm. and um, kind of built that safety net for myself when I was done playing with, um, you know, making my connections in entertainment um, through finding that like Venn diagram of people who work in entertainment and are baseball fans. And like, who are those people in between and like really, um, building like strong relationships with them. Um, so I ended up getting released spring training of, what was it? Spring training of 2018. And, uh, one of my mentors was the first person to call me and was like, Hey, why don't you come back to LA? Like, like you should be, you should be here basically. And, uh, came back. He helped me, uh, book a job on Captain Marvel as a production assistant. That was my first job post baseball.
0: Wow.
1: Uh, yeah. So I ended up, uh, you know, all the whole summer, instead of playing baseball, I for the first time in my life, I was, you know, running around on, on set and, uh, for Captain Marvel it was dope I had to tell a bunch of Skrull to you know get back to set and that's one of the most intimidating things uh ever uh they're all super nice but like when they're all in makeup you're just like um uh hey uh you guys your your lunch breaks up and they need you back at set (laughs) um but uh no so that was like uh I mean, such a great experience and and just really got my feet wet in in production and just uh, understanding like all the pieces that go into something that massive. uh, It just was like a crash course uh, for the summer. And after I wrapped on that, I ended up um, getting connected with Uninterrupted and they had seen my youtube videos which essentially was like a little mini portfolio of my work and they were like hey we need to figure out a way to work together and then eventually like i came on um to a bunch of different projects and then now full-time there as a social producer but yeah it's just like a perfect fit the whole thing is more than an athlete that's our um you know our mantra and um showing athletes doing that and i felt like that was a pretty good fit for me considering, and, you know, obviously you as well, Amobi.
0: No, thank you so much for, you know, that, that background. It's amazing to see like how you've transitioned, like, so it's almost seamlessly, but, you know, you've taken advantage of every opportunity that's come your way. I really want to point out, you know, this Venn diagram thing that you talked about, you know, uh, under mapping out like what you want with the relationships you already have and kind of finding a, a, a common ground, like, How did you develop that? Was it a mentor or, you know, you just had it? I I don't,
1: I think it happened naturally. I think in retrospect, I can always say that like, that's what I was like specifically targeting, but you end up just attracting similar people in that way. Right. It just, and, and building strong relationships. I'd like to say it was like super intentional, but I would, it, honestly wasn't it was through like social media and then people on social media will reach out and be like hey that's like a really dope video i work in comedy and it's like oh wow that's amazing and then you make that connection and now you're friends and it's like that um that's something that is like so important to do organically because it can come off as really opportunistic if not and i think that's like you just have to let those moments come and let your work show for itself
0: yeah. So with, with you, you know, obviously, you know, you play with the San Francisco organization, uh, you you self-proclaimed homeless minor league. Can you talk about that in the sense of like creating your projects and not being afraid to just, you know, share what you have in mind or share your, your, your formats and share your your creativity?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it like personally as an athlete, I felt like it was so important for me, especially being an undrafted free agent um, to kind of <clears throat> you like to leverage the situation that I'm in. Right. And, and you like baseball was going to be over at some point. So I needed to have something to fall back to. And, um, I found out that I wanted it to be entertainment. And, and then that was why I started to make videos. Right. Cause it's all just practice, but also like building, like marketing myself was important too not for the sense of like that would help me to get to the big leagues, but that would help me regardless in life. Right. Like I feel like it was just such a life skill that is now um, one-to-one still works today.
0: So did that like, did that click in your mind before you went as an undrafted free agent or like, you know, like after the first year or second year as you started to see how it works in the minor leagues?
1: Yeah, I I didn't do it. I wasn't like, uh, making content my first year. Um, I'd say 13, 14, I didn't start blogging until 15. I'm pretty sure it was 15. And then, uh, I started videos, uh, 16. So it wasn't until like the, like second year to the, or actually it was the, so third, is it like the middle of my career is when I was, I started making content.
0: Okay. That's, that's interesting. I, what I like about you is that you're kind of like you, YouTube university and just, you know, kind of self-taught.
1: Yeah. Basically. That, I mean, so, everything I I did was like self-taught. It was just like, if I didn't know how to do something, I'm like, oh, that's really cool. Uh, let me just YouTube how to do it. And, and at the time I was using Final Cut. So I was just like, how do I do this multicam thing yeah. in Final Cut? And it was just like, Google it.
0: Yeah, that's, My teammates,
1: so behind my back, my teammates used to call me the Google machine. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't think it was a flattering term, oh. uh, but uh, no, I, I can joke about it now, but
0: yeah. Oh, that's funny. That's, that's hilarious. But there's so many resources out there for athletes if they totally. want to pursue another passion. Um, and you're a big advocate, you know, for, you know, uh, player rights. You know, you've spoken with top individuals about um, – how can I say it, in a nicely nice way um, the rights for you know minor leaguers in baseball? Can you talk about your role with that and like where do you see it going moving forward?
1: Yeah, so uh, we recently launched Advocates for Minor Leaguers, which is our nonprofit to advocate for minor <laughs> leaguers sure. because they don't have a voice at the table. Um, mm-hmm. There's so many decisions that are being made on on their behalf that affect them where they don't have someone there to represent them um which is wrong like every other uh person is at the table there um being represented except minor leaguers where we just accept that their rights they don't deserve the same rights as everyone else um so that's going to be an ongoing battle um especially right now we we were going to launch um a little bit later but because of uh this pandemic it, it just felt like we needed to expedite the process and and launch sooner rather than later because, you know, there's going to be so many decisions made uh, that affect them and are currently uh, affecting them, which, uh, you know, they're getting paid right now, but that's up until May 31st, which that deadline is obviously fast approaching. And what is Major League Baseball going to do? There is a huge decision they have to make as to whether there's going to be a minor league baseball season or not. Um, and what happens to those minor leaguers that aren't, like, if they aren't able to pay or if they aren't able to play this year, are they going to still be paid?
0: That's, that's, that's really tough. Can, can you talk about some of the trials and tribulations that you had to go through throughout your career? Because I feel like people see baseball, and they're like, you know, one of the longest sports in American history. Um, they see the big contracts contract from, like, Bryce Harper, Mike Trout, but they don't understand that that's just the top, two 5% of, you know, baseball. Sure.
1: I mean, a good example I always point to is is AAA baseball, which is one step away from the major leagues. Yeah. And you compare the salaries at AAA to their equivalents in the other leagues with the NHL and the NBA with the the AHL and the G League. Yeah. And they're making 45,000 and $35,000 uh in those two leagues. And in AAA the first year contracts are ten thousand dollars a season. And hold on, hold just, on. Wait, what?
0: Yeah. So how? So because I, I heard about this. So because most of those guys are like they living off their signing bonus, then, huh?
1: Well, I mean, it's some of those guys. Like for myself, I signed for a thousand dollars. Yeah. How is how are you living off of a thousand dollars for that many years? It just true. doesn't work. Yeah. Um. So to. And like, not all signing bonuses are high. You can't live off of a signing bonus. Everyone yeah. after the fifth round is not living off of their signing bonuses. Uh, it's, yeah, I mean, it, and now with Major League Baseball possibly taking away rounds from the draft, there's going to be jobs lost. I mean, this is huge. This is such a huge time uh, for minor leaguers. And there's like I said, there's no one
0: no representing them
1: right now and no one speaking on their behalf and and fighting for them
0: well that's amazing you taking the initiative to you know you and along with so many others that are doing that because like from the outside looking in everyone sees athletes as you know these these figures that just they're making millions of dollars like they don't have the same struggles that you know the regular everyday person has but as you said traveling and you know not getting compensated fairly is is, it's really unfortunate so, what advice would you have, you know, for baseball players, for athletes, you know, in this current pandemic now?
1: Gosh, um, d- during this time, obviously it's it's difficult for everyone, um, and I think there there's like you kind of have to look at like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? Mm-hmm. And and obviously, like everything I think about, great plug right
0: there, by the way. <laughs>
1: Well, everything I think about right now is through the lens of minor leaguers, just because that's what I constantly am thinking oh. about every single day. So, um, for them, it's like, you have that, that baseline, right. Of what is it shelter? And like, I think safety is the next one, right. It's like, we're all kind of like down there right now. Uh, I th- and like, Oh, everyone in, in the U S is thinking of like, how, how many you know, unemployed people are, there are right now, like what's my next paycheck that I'm going to get. Right. And that's the same thing with minor leaguers. Like they're thinking, what's my next paycheck. They're not at the next level on like the hierarchy where they're like, what's my training schedule going to be like when I'm (laughs) right. It's just like, like there's bigger things (laughs) that they're thinking about right now than like, sure. They're thinking about where they're going to work out, but they're like, how am I going to get paid? How am I going to pay my mortgage? I have like a wife and kids, yeah, and that's the that's the issue, right? Is that like minor leaguers and and just athletes in general um, aren't thought of as as people a lot of times, um, but they have same life issues that that we all do.
0: Yeah, that's really important that you said that. You know, we're not thought of as people in most cases. So, from the athlete's perspective, because you know you're in the mindset of. I'm an athlete. I got to perform to make sure I, you know, I meet these needs like safety, but when it's all taken away, how do you identify who you are as a person? Like, how are you able to identify, you know, I want to get into entertainment. Um, I want to be able to connect with people. I want to be able to, you know, represent and speak for people that aren't being spoken for.
1: I think there's like a, there's this quote that um, I can't remember who I can attribute it to, but it's, it's something that I ask myself constantly. Um, and it's what have you earned the right to talk about, and not in like a. I gotta write that down. Yeah, what have you earned the right to talk about? Wow, and it's not to say that in like a um, like in a way that diminishes anything that you've done. Like you might be able to be knowledgeable on a certain topic, right? Like I could tell you all about video game design and like (laughs) something like that's just something that I randomly researched, but is like have I earned the right to talk about video game design? Even if I'm like, I know like a little bit of like amateur level knowledge of it. No, I'm not, I'm not the the person you would come to for that. Right. I haven't earned that. Um, so for an athlete or just anyone who's looking to expand outside is like, what have you earned the right to talk about? And you like, in order for me to, 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 be someone who can talk about how an athlete should be making content and, and, and can do that and build their own personal brand. Um, I needed to do that myself. Right. And that, and how I started that was what have I, what did I earn the right to talk about back then, which was uh, you know, being an athlete and, and showing what that's like. And then eventually like I evolved into comedy and it was like, I earned that. And right. It's like you slowly, but you, even if you're good at something, it doesn't mean that you've, like, the, the perception that you've earned it.
0: Yeah. Well, I feel like you've earned the right when it comes to anything uh, social. You've earned the right. You know, you're doing amazing <laughs> things. So, can you talk about, you know, YouTube and all these different formats, you know, TikTok? Where do you see this going? You know, like, where's, like, if you were to choose one home for an athlete to pick, like, what, what would that be for you?
1: Yeah, for me personally, I, I'd say TikTok um i've seen like a lot of success on tiktok myself um even as a former athlete uh seeing that people want to hear stories on there i think there's it's not just all dancing and um there there's like a lot of uh storytelling on there there's also a ton of educational content tips um it's really like digestible content um and you get what you are looking for like because you open to the explore page essentially um instagram is a traditional social media platform whereas tiktok it's like a discovery app that's really what it is it, it just helps people discover other people and um you know I, i've connected with a bunch of new people because of tiktok and because they just found me right <laughs> whereas if they um or like i found them but if they if we were just on Instagram, we'd be stuck in our bubbles, right? Whereas yeah. uh, with the for you page on TikTok, you'll get thrown something or some person that you might not know, um, and that's a new way to reach an audience that you haven't been in contact with before. So I think as an athlete, that's if if I was like going back or if I was like a, a still playing, I, I would be taking a ton of time and putting it towards TikTok because um, the growth there is huge. And also it's such a good tool. And like, it's not long like YouTube, if you like making a YouTube video takes a ton of work and to really reach an audience. Now you have to be like in the 10 minute range of like videos, which obviously that takes a ton of editing and producing. Whereas a TikTok video that flops, You know, gets 100 views, it doesn't really matter because you got that was only 15 seconds that you made. You can just go on to the next one, right? I think that's um, why it's such a low barrier to entry, too, is because all we need is like one of these. Um, You don't need anything else besides that. And you can tell stories that way. So it's like a great tool to teach athletes how to be storytellers.
0: I think that's that's really important. And I remember you telling me when we last caught up like yo get on tiktok i still haven't got on it so i need to get on that oh, you but got um, the, the ability to tell stories because as athletes, you know we have a lot of stories that people can gravitate towards you know whether it's comedy whether it's you know just our experiences how to um all that um when i was doing some research you know you have your own imdb channel can you talk about like some of the writing that you've done like uh the fifth quarter oh, or yeah,
1: yeah yeah so yeah the fifth quarter so okay. uh my writing partner, who's also a former athlete, former, he actually played in the major leagues with the Phillies, the Mets, and the Blue Jays. Uh-huh. Uh, but he's going to actually play in the Olympics next year for Team Israel. It was supposed to be this summer, but obviously yeah. things happened. Yeah. Uh, so he and I are writing partners, and we co-wrote this episode for this show called The Fifth Quarter. It was a sports mockumentary show that existed on Go90. Um, oh, I don't know been, if you remember Go it. 90, yeah, um, but it was Verizon's platform, like o- over the top platform, but basically their streaming service that ended up um, folding. Um, but we wrote an episode for that show. It was about uh, a urine, a, a disgraced urine collector. He like, <laughs> and basically he, uh, it it parodies the Ryan Braun scandal. I don't know if you remember what happened with that, where Ryan Braun. Uh,
0: he used the fake urine or
1: No one of his No so he tested positive, His sample tested positive yeah. but What happened was um, they, The Urine collector UPS was closed so he had to Bring it home and that doesn't follow the Protocol even uh, though it was sealed and everything yeah. So I don't think he had To serve a suspension anyway we wrote We basically parody like a loose parody Of that but from the urine collector's Perspective
0: that's actually pretty um, funny.
1: And so Nelson Franklin played uh, the urine collector. He's on uh, Veep. And then we, there were like um, athlete cameos um, from uh, Giancarlo Stanton was one of them. I'm trying to remember the other ones. I can't remember. But yeah, Giancarlo Stanton was like the one that I remember, obviously, because he was a baseball player. But there were some athletes from other sports, too. Um, but yeah, we that was something that we wrote. And, and we it was the first thing that we sold um which was really cool um so we're looking to do more of that and ty is like my writing partner who i do um the comedy sketches with as well
0: that's amazing so can you take me through that process because a lot of athletes are getting in the media space now obviously you know lebron james kevin durant steph curry um paul rabel all these athletes that are you know creating their own media empires so how do you guys take a pitch like how do you write a concept pitch it to um at that time go 90 like did they reach out to you like how does it work so
1: so first it would happen with the production company right but we (laughs) um what had happened was that the videos that we were making on youtube that was then essentially like a mini portfolio right it's that people can see your work and be like oh these guys do sports comedy and they came to us uh and were like hey would you guys want to write an episode it might not get made but we'd love to have you guys write an episode. And then it ended up being one of the uh, episodes that got made. So I think it's, it's like kind of building those connections and, but also like being ready for when those opportunities happen. Right. You can't, you can't expect those to come to you, but also if you're going out to pursue those, be ready for those, like you need to be ready skill wise. You can't, yeah, you need to develop your skills at the same time. You can't just be going out there hungry for every opportunity.
0: No, I think that's really important. Just like in, like, in sports, you know, when your name's called upon, you got to be ready. So totally. if, you know, if you have an opportunity, whether it's business, uh, venture, whatever, you know, make, make, make your mark. Um, I think that's really important. And um, I'm, I'm excited to see you know, future, future writing and future production on your end.
1: Yeah, no, Ty and I are, have been working on a, f- a few projects recently that uh, hoping to launch some of them during this uh, quarantine time.
0: That's perfect. So before, uh, before I let you go, and once again, thank you so much for your time. Um, I know you're a busy man. Uh, what, what takeaway advice would you give to athletes um, just in general?
1: Oh, uh, what takeaway advice would I give to athletes? I think – know what you're worth. I think that's, and again, it's like, I'm, I'm like put like investing in yourself. Mm -hmm. I think, I think that'd be one thing, but yeah, know what you're worth. I think that's just because of the minor league uh, baseball lens that I always like constantly have on. Um, Because a lot of those guys, they're just thankful for their opportunity right and and truly like no you support this whole system uh, of baseball right like these like even if you don't make it to the major leagues those guys that do make it to the major leagues wouldn't have had anyone to play with Um, so i and i think that yeah know what you're worth and and be okay for asking be okay with asking for that
0: no that's i think that's I mean, you couldn't end the podcast any better than that. Know what you're worth because um, as athletes, you know, we are the driving force. You know, people, the fans come to watch us. The, you know, the businesses thrive because the players are on the field. And um, no matter what level you're at, you know, the fact that you were be able to make it to the elite level shows that, you know, you know what you're doing. So uh, once again, thank you so much, Matt. I really appreciate you um, not only for getting on the podcast, but all the advice and stuff that you've given me. Uh, where can we find you? um i know you're tiktok obviously yeah. uh youtube uh social working where can, where can the audience find you in your work
1: yeah so you can find me at matt peray on instagram and tiktok and then on twitter i'm hip hip underscore peray <laughs> but dude you're killing it too man i mean frugal athlete like what an amazing concept um i mean i like when i played That's constantly all i had to uh, all i was thinking about was how can I save money and what are the best ways to do that? Um, so you're crushing it, man. You're nah, crushing I appreciate
0: it. it. But like we said, like you're one of the guys on team frugal, like someone that we, <laughs> uh, we try to like highlight athletes um, to follow. So uh, thank you so much um, for the audience. He's going to our all his information is going to be in the show notes. Make sure you check him out. Uh, he's already gone places, but uh, he could always use more support. Thank you for tuning in to this podcast episode. For more information, check out the show notes and go to our website, www.afrugalathlete.com. If you enjoyed, please leave a favorable rating and review and share and subscribe. Thank you so much.